0: (laughs) it's great to be with you guys today it's it's obviously it's not the same as being in person but it's it's nice to see everyone's faces and and spend time in the virtual sphere together maybe someday we'll actually get to meet physically who knows (laughs) so i'm going to share my screen here Uh, let me just see if this works okay Can you guys see my, can you see that? Give me a thumbs up. All right, perfect. So this morning, we're going to be speaking about, I'm going to be speaking about the Sabbath. So I've titled my sermon, Finding Rest for Your Soul. Am the window? Someone's riding down the street on their motorcycle really loud outside. So the opposite of Sabbath. Sabbath is a day of rest. So before we start, uh, I just want to share a little story just about my family as we begin. So every morning, Julie and I wake up and uh, we look to the edge of our bed and our daughter, Galilee, is usually standing there. And usually she comes to the edge of our bed and she'll she'll yell, Daddy, get up. Daddy, go downstairs. Daddy, let's get some food. Every morning. And, and this is not a quiet, she's obviously not whispering it to us. She comes uh, right early in the morning and yells, Daddy, get up. And so this is part of our morning routine. I'm sure uh, many of you who have kids can relate to this. Um, but re- basically, as soon as she wakes up, she's ready to start her day. She's ready to get down to business and to start playing with toys. So I want to ask how many of you start your day in this similar mindset to Galilee? You, you start your day and you're just ready to instantly get things done. You feel this strong need to work uh, and to be productive. And she even prays productively. Yesterday, we were sitting down for our meal, and Galilee closed her eyes and said, "Jesus, Amen." <laughs> <laughs> it was a really funny moment. Uh, but I think this is a natural human feeling for us to—we like to be productive as humans. I think it's a good thing to be productive. Uh, but I think in our culture, we we have a tendency to overwork, don't we? I think our culture's moved from a place of of healthy productivity to this unhealthy obsession with accomplishment and we actually define ourselves by our accomplishments so we typically see this when when we introduce ourselves to someone for the first time and when we're meeting someone uh, what are the questions we typically ask we say so where did you work where did you go to school uh, questions like this we, we we typically define our identity by the things we accomplish and the things we we work on uh, These are ways we construct our identity. Uh, So I've actually even seen this obsession with accomplishment during the pandemic. Uh, I was looking and on Facebook, I've seen a couple headlines for for articles that, here's a couple headlines that I've read. Coronavirus and your career, learning new job skills during quarantine. Another article I saw was how to be productive during quarantine. The, the reality is that as a culture, we really thrive on productivity. And I would argue to a point that's, that's a bit unhealthy. We have, we have huge amounts of burnout. We have lots of anxiety, uh, restlessness, fatigue. When was the last time you had a conversation with someone and they said, I'm actually very well rested. I have a really balanced work and personal life. Uh, it, it's just, we don't, <laughs> it's not very, not very common for us. People are often very busy. And even in the midst of, of coronavirus, many, of peop- many people are at home, but they're still feeling this sense of restlessness in their soul. So today I want to take a look at a discipline that reminds us to slow down. It reminds us that we're not the sum of our accomplishments. And it reminds us that our identity is not found in the things that we do or accomplish, but our identity is found in Christ. So as we, we're going to take a look at the principle of the Sabbath, the practice of the Sabbath. And as we're going to come to see, the principle of Sabbath rest is much more than just taking a day off work, although that's part of it. Uh, it's it's a much bigger thing. So uh, let's take a look together at where the first place where the Sabbath principle uh, comes from, which is in Genesis 2, at, at right at the beginning of creation. So Genesis 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. So this is after God had created the whole earth, day one, one to seven. This is day seven here. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. Then God, God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it, he rested from the work of creating that he had done. Now, we all likely know this passage. Um, if you're, if you've been in church a while, you've probably read the, the creation account. So on the seventh day, God rested. And if you remember back to the other days of creation, there's a common refrain at the end of each day. And this refrain is, there was evening and morning the first day. There was evening and morning the second day. There was evening and morning the first day. But take a look here and notice that in this section, it doesn't actually say that. It doesn't say there was evening and morning the seventh day. So I suspect there's a reason for this. The biblical writers were very intentional with with their words and so so i suspect that there's the reason that this doesn't say there was evening and morning the seventh day is because i i think adam and eve were created to live in the continual rest of god so this doesn't mean they would just sit around all day and they wouldn't work uh, but it means everything that they did would be permeated by the rest and the peace of being in communion with god so in a sense the seventh day rest was not designed to be a temporary one-day thing, but to be an eternal state of communion with God. And so we know how the story continues on. Uh, Adam and Eve are are banished from the Garden of Eden. And uh, a chief consequence of the fall is that humanity was removed from experiencing that deep rest, uh, God's rest. So now their work was painful. Now they lived in a, a sort of chronic restlessness and distance from God's direct presence. And so obviously this is a huge, significant moment in world history. Um, but it's interesting that not only Ad, it's not only Adam and Eve who experienced this, this uh, invitation and then uh, this inability to enter God's rest. This story is actually repeated over and over in the scriptures where God draws close to people. He, he desires to bring them into his rest, but they don't trust in him and they don't have faith in him. Uh, because of their distrust and their disobedience, they're unable to enter his rest. So we also see this uh, when Israel enters the, or when they're about to enter the promised land. Before this, they're, they're spending all those years in the wilderness, and they're continually disobedient in the wilderness, and they don't trust in God. A lot of their disobedience basically stems from the fact that they don't trust God. So um, we see this actually in Hebrews 3, verse 16 to 19. It says, who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. There's a very significant point in, in both of these stories. Notice that both in Genesis and in Hebrews, rest is actually linked with faith and obedience to God. Rest is linked with faith and obedience to God. It's not linked with taking a day off. Uh, It's not linked with drinking a latte, sitting on a dock, uh, overlooking a beautiful lake. It's not linked with going to the spa, although all these things are sounding pretty nice right now. The principle of Sabbath rest uh, is much larger than our ideas of rest. Um, let's take a look at the story of Jesus because he continues on in this framework. In Matthew 11 verse 28, this is a very well-known passage to many of us. A very beautiful passage. Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which the yoke is a, sum, a symbol of submitting to Jesus's leadership and his authority." Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Such a beautiful passage to meditate on. Um, It's important that we see this passage in light of those other stories we were just talking about. So Jesus is once again inviting us back into the rest of God. The rest that was lost at the fall when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, and the rest that Israel couldn't experience because of their disobedience, we're invited once again, because of God's great mercy, into his rest. And this rest is the rest of being in communion with the living God. I love the way Augustine phrases this. He says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee how many of you today are living in the rest of jesus or maybe maybe you have this sense of restlessness in your spirit i think we all have this at times but but are you finding your rest in jesus when you think of your relationship with jesus and following him does it bring rest and peace to your soul Jesus' invitation still stands to us he still calls out to us and says come to me you who are weary and i will give you rest This is such a beautiful invitation to us, especially right now, as many of us are feeling very restless during this pandemic. So this is kind of the overarching Sabbath principle that we find in scripture. When we trust in Jesus, we will find rest for our souls. When we have faith in Jesus, he will give us rest. But let's continue on uh, right after this passage that Jesus speaks about. Uh, If we continue on to Matthew 12. This passage is right after Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. So here it's, uh, it says, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So the man stretched out his hand and it was completely restored. Just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. What a response to a healing. (laughs) Let's go kill this man. But did you catch what happened there? jesus spoke about rest he says come to me you who are weary and i will give you rest and then the story right after is about him healing someone on the sabbath it's right about the sabbath this is much more than a story just about healing it noticed that Jesus's, what the pharisees saw as jesus's work was actually him bringing rest to the man the man who had a shriveled hand jesus brought rest to him by healing him so he still upholded that sabbath principle of of, of healing and, ma- and a day of rest but he did it in a way that was that the pharisees didn't understand really so this is really the true spirit of the sabbath day it's a day of healing it's a day of rest and it's a day of doing good notice that jesus never tells his followers to stop practicing the sabbath day either um, he just corrects their false views on it um, he says it's lawful to do good on the sabbath so I believe with all this there's there's two lessons for us as we reflect on this idea of how do we enter into the rest of God. So the first is the one I spoke about earlier is having faith in Jesus. As as we've seen in all these stories, the entering into God's rest requires faith. And another word for faith is trust. Adam and Eve should have trusted God when he told them not to eat the fruit. Israel should have had faith in God in the wilderness. This man chose to have faith in Jesus, and he stretched out his hand, and God gave him rest. So faith in Jesus is the first step into entering into the rest of God. And if you haven't submitted your life to Jesus, or if you're feeling overwhelmed with this restlessness, I really encourage you to draw close to him, and I promise you he will bring rest to your soul the next way we enter into god's rest is obedience and practice and uh, a way to do this is keeping a weekly sabbath remember jesus didn't say we should stop practicing one of the ten commandments uh keeping a sabbath is one of the ten commandments typically we do pretty well with the other ones right we we try not to murder other people and (laughs) try not to commit adultery uh and sabbath is in there too. I was reading a book by A.J. Swoboda, and he's a pastor who wrote on the Sabbath and wrote about the Sabbath. And he writes, were I to cheat on my wife, I would lose my job. Uh, If I stole from the church, I would be run out of town. If I lied about church finances, I would be in huge trouble. If I worshipped another God, I'd be removed. There are nine commandments that if I chose to break, I might lose my ministry over but if I did not keep a Sabbath day, I would probably get a raise. Isn't that a funny, funny quote, but it's, it's true. And a lot of churches, we, people kind of overwork and in our culture, this overworking is, is kind of a badge of honor we wear. But I think it's really still important for us to keep this weekly rhythm of a day of rest, a day of Sabbath to have one day a week where we just stop our regular crazy routines and we just rest and enjoy our family, enjoy God's presence. I don't think we have the same obligation to practice the Sabbath as, as Jews do. I don't think it's a law for us. Um, but it is a gift from God. In our tired, restless culture, the Sabbath is actually a gift now more than, more than ever. And why wouldn't we want to take a, do- a day off? <laughs> it's strange when people... Don't like the idea of taking a day off. It's 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 such a healthy practice. So if you're interested in taking a Sabbath day, you might be thinking, what is, what does it actually look like? How do I practically do that? So there's a few few suggestions I have. First is to just pick a day. Uh, it works really well if everyone practices the Sabbath on the same day, as has been the case historically, but. Uh, the reality of our culture right now is that a lot of people work on weekends and people's schedules are so different. So it's really, it's really just pick a day that works for your schedule. Um, Jews practice this on on Saturday. Historically, they have practiced it on Saturday. And Christians have historically practiced it on the Lord's Day on Sunday. Um, but we don't have to be legalistic about it or dogmatic. We can You can just pick a day uh, that works with your schedule. I don't know if any of you remember the Lord's day act or the blue laws. This was a little before my time, but, but apparently there were laws that you couldn't go shopping on Sundays and they were struck down only in 1985. Um, I kind of wish we had our culture like that (laughs) where we, where we just everyone shut down for one day. I think it would be very healthy, but I'm not sure if we're going to get back to that. (laughs) So pick a day. That's the first suggestion. And then the second thing is to stop. So Sabbath, the word is really just a transliteration of the, the Hebrew word Shabbat, which just means to stop or to cease. So it's the practice of slowing down your life, slowing down your spirit, stop your your daily pursuit of accomplishment, stop producing, stop cleaning, uh, stop exercising. If you're like me, that's not a problem because I don't exercise anyways, Uh Stop any day to day activity that drains your spirit. But it's important to notice that this doesn't happen by accident. We don't just accidentally take a Sabbath. This is why we consider it a discipline. We actually have to be very intentional with it. But in the end, the result of this discipline is that it actually brings so much life and so much joy. It's not a day to get your chores done. at times I've tried to justify myself by saying, yeah, I, I find it relaxing to clean out the garage. Uh, I find it relaxing to build a fence in my backyard. Uh, it's not a good way of looking at it. We shouldn't be legalistic, but we should be purposeful and and reflective in the things we're, we're stopping. I also think it's important to get away from technology just because I think technology has the ability of speeding up our minds. Uh, it kind of puts us into overdrive. So Uh, I think it's important for us to try to get away from technology. And the last thing is to rest and to celebrate. Uh, The Sabbath is not about self-denial. Fasting is kind of the spiritual discipline that is more about self-denial. But this is what the church has often got mixed up with the Sabbath. It's not a day of self-denial. It's a day of rest and celebration. It's a time to spend with your family, to spend with God. But yeah, we have to be very careful because it's very actually easy to make the Sabbath into a day of self-denial. I remember when I was younger, I went to a Christian camp and we weren't actually allowed to swim on Sundays. They closed the pool. And, or actually, we weren't even really allowed to do anything fun on Sundays. (laughs) I remember as a kid, it was kind of, you kind of dreaded Sundays because you just had to sit around and uh, wear uncomfortable clothes and uh, you couldn't really do anything fun. and. This is so against the, the principle of rest and, and joy of the Sabbath. It's so easy to become legalistic and to start pointing out all the do's and don'ts of it. Uh, but when we, when we start becoming legalistic with the Sabbath, it actually has the opposite result. It actually doesn't become a day of joy, rest, and celebration. It actually becomes a day of self-denial. So we really have to be cautious with that. So what kind of things can you do if, if you choose to pick a, a Sabbath day? What are some of the things you can do? Uh, Here's a few suggestions just just to give you some ideas. Eat a big meal with your family. Make pancakes in the morning. Uh, Leave the dishes till tomorrow, Julie, (laughs) my wife. (laughs) Spend some uninterrupted time with your spouse. You got married couples can read into that all you want. Go for a walk. Have a nap. Write, if you enjoy writing. Do art, if you enjoy doing art. Pray, meditate, spend time in God's presence. These are all just suggestions, all just ideas for you, but you really know the things in your life that bring you rest, that bring you a deep sense of of rest and joy. So I encourage you, if, if you've never practiced the Sabbath before, consider making it a part of your weekly routine. And you'll find that the more you actually do it, if you're consistent with it every week, you'll find that your body actually starts winding down the day before the Sabbath. Your body actually really starts longing and, and getting excited for that day. Um, and the more you experience the rest of God in the Sabbath day and in the rest of your life, you, you will really find rest in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. We aren't made to be nonstop working machines. We need rest. And if you, I encourage you, if you've never entered into the rest of God that comes with putting your faith and your trust in Jesus, I strongly encourage you to do that. Even if you're at a place in your life where, where maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're not, you don't have a strong trust or faith in Jesus, I really encourage you to draw close to him. And I, I promise you, he will bring rest to your soul. So let's pray together. Let's close in prayer. And then we're going to break up into the breakout rooms and we'll discuss a question together. <sighs> Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We praise you and we worship you for who you are and for the amazing things you've done for humans all throughout history and, and for the invitation that you've given us to join into your rest. We confess any ways that we've we've sinned or or ways that we've been unable to enter that rest because of our own sinfulness, our own brokenness. And Lord, we we ask that you just root the things out of our lives that are are drawing us away from you. We really long to experience your presence and your rest. And so we offer ourselves to you, Jesus. And, and if if we feel that sabbath is something that is is something we want to start practicing i i encourage people to start practicing this but um please just draw us close to yourself in this weekly practice of the sabbath thank you lord so much and and please give everyone comfort and and peace and safety during this uh, difficult time that many are experiencing Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.